Hey guys, welcome back to another interesting episode of Breaking the Ceiling, where we talk about the entrepreneurs behind the brands. Today is a very exciting episode for me because I'm interviewing my very, very old friend, my breakfast buddy from Bangalore. Oh, that's a mouthful. Right, my breakfast buddy from Bangalore, uh, Ashish Nichani from Postcard. Hey Ashish, welcome to Breaking the Ceiling. Hey, hey, hi Ashwin. Glad to be here. Thanks, thanks for having so, me. We haven't had our... Uh, I think breakfast Bangalore <laughs> Mondays for I think maybe a couple of years because of the pandemic. So next time I'm there, I'm going to be looking you up. So while we know about your past, I would love for our audience and our listeners to know a little bit about you. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself till before postcard? Sure. So, you know, I'm from Bangalore um, and, you know, born here, brought up here, done my schooling and all that here, did my engineering in Bangalore and then did my MBA from Delhi. Uh, thereafter, I worked in Bombay at Axis Bank, um, you know, as part of their corporate office for five years. Uh, so, worked across banking functions um, and, you know, thereafter came back to Bangalore, worked for a year and a half, two years in Bangalore as well in the banking. So, typically, you know, sort of the typical uh, sort of trajectory of sort of doing engineering and then an MBA and then getting into a bank. That was sort of my journey till 2014. 2014, uh, me along with my uh, co-founder Sudarshan, both of us were working at ING Vaishya Bank in Bangalore before it was taken over by Kotak. And both of us were sort of, you know, we were at, we were at work, we were colleagues at work, uh, but we bonded really, you know, over travel and food. These are two of our, uh, you know, sort of defining passions in our life per se. And, you know, we were traveling together and always we noticed that, you know, most people travel to places and they've got a very different agenda. But for both of us, we would travel to places and we would essentially be thinking about where we're going to eat, which meal. Um, and it happened to us many times when we were traveling together and that's when we realized that you know there's this thing about us that we really appreciate local food in different places and our journey started off in 2014 where we decided that okay we would sort of tired of doing the banking job in a way uh, you know sort of leading that structured life and we felt that it was time for us to do something interesting and to sort of jump out of the normal and, and in 2014 we, we decided that we're going to you know uh, take that leap of faith and we started off what was our first startup back there in 2014. We launched Place of Origin, which was India's uh, first of its kind marketplace for specialty food. The concept stemmed from that love of food and travel. Uh, you know, and you when you reflect on it uh, at that point when we were thinking about it, it was so natural. Uh, you know, you think of wherever you travel to, you're always bringing back what is that local specialty. Uh, whenever somebody comes in in office, somebody comes from somewhere, you always tell them, if you're going to Kerala, please bring me banana chips. If you're going to, you know, some other part of the country, please bring this particular thing. If you're going to the east, uh, to Calcutta, please bring Sandesh back for me. It was very natural for us to be doing this. But in an era and in an age when you've got e-commerce developed for, uh, you know, sort of food, uh, uh, I mean, uh, for, for books and for electronics, why couldn't we do this with food? Because a lot of food actually can travel. So that's why we started off our journey in 2014. We started off with a marketplace called Place of Origin. Built it to be India's first of its kind, the largest of its kind. We had around, uh, we built an assortment, which was, you know, we reached out to 400 local food brands across the country in 125 locations uh, and got 4,000 of their unique products onto this website. So it was sort of a mini uh, you know, sort of when you say Amazon, it's aspirational, of course, but uh, it, it's sort of a, to give you a sense of from that local food perspective, it had a lot of India's really, uh, you know, sort of regionally famous 
uh, food that we were able to bring on. So that's what we did from 2014 to 2019. We built that business up um, and learning from whatever we built at Place of Origin, learning from what our customers were telling us about what they liked, what was working for them, learning from what our vendors were telling us about what they found as useful in this platform and you know what they saw as an opportunity. Putting all that stuff together and what we had built as our insight, uh, that's where we came to Postcard and launched Postcard itself in 2019. I love the name Postcard. Tell me about that. You know, it's it's place of origin was very literal, right? I mean, there's very little to explain in that. It just tells you this is from there. Um, and when we were sort of moving from that model of a marketplace to a brand, which is Postcard, which what which Postcard was, uh, the one of the things that we wanted was that we wanted a word or name which people could easily pronounce without you know having language barriers or understanding barriers so postcard was a simple one word to try and replicate that feeling now what's the feeling we're talking about the feeling is this that if i'm opening a packet of this company i want to feel that place i want to be able to experience calcutta in a packet i want it to feel like a day trip to a place saying that you know i took this flight I landed in Chennai, I got that whiff of that local place in that packet that I was opening up there. So postcard essentially is, you know, it's everything best about that place, which you capture in one frame is what a postcard is. For us, it's the best food of that place captured in one packet, which is what a postcard packet is about. I think uh, when I heard that name, I was so intrigued and I checked out your website and it's, you know, fantastic. It's so user friendly and the variety was uh, I think for a black or better word, lip smacking. <laughs> so because you know I'm a foodie, and uh, I come to I used to actually come to Bangalore only for the food, you know that, right? So the breakfasts and the lunch at Nagarjuna's Corner House and other places. So uh, I can totally relate with uh, you know uh, the origin behind the whole thing. While you were building Postcard, what are some of the challenges that you faced? I think the, the biggest challenge in the space that we're in is the mindset of the folks that we're dealing with. Now, you know, when you're dealing with local food producers across the country, not all of them, and you know, mind you, this is, we're talking of, you know, at least four or five years before, right? I mean, it's a different time zone from what it is post pandemic. Um, and back then, the challenge was that, why should I engage in this model? I have a shop, I'm locally famous in my small town here. Why should I do this? Why should I do that? Now, different parts of the country, people have different aspirations. There are certain parts of the country where folks are naturally attuned to wanting to grow their business and sort of are aggressive about growth for their own families and their own uh, sort of, you know, sort of heritage in a sense. But there are certain parts where folks are sort of more uh, comfortable and content with what is there in their sort of ecosystem and you know, their sort of life. For us, one of the biggest challenges has been trying to convince people of the opportunity there is uh, and the need for actually, you know, getting beyond your base market. Because how else do these brands grow? If you think about it, how else, you know, if you're famous in one town, how do you grow bigger than that? And there are enough examples of people who actually done it and succeeded, but it still is a challenge for a lot of people from a mindset perspective to think that, you know, maybe we need to experiment, innovate and do something different. So uh, I think that is one challenge that we've, you know, sort of worked on through the years. Um, and I think off late in, in, you know, sort of post the, the entire COVID sort of situation, the need for being in alternate channels where you can, you know, sort of de-risk your business from sort of whatever disturbances you might have has hit home. And therefore, it's a lot easier for, for people to, 
sort of um, you know sort of accept that there are alternate models of business that they can be a part of so i think that is one of those things the second thing that we've also felt is that when you evolve in a business model when you want to grow as well the necessity for you to uh, sort of comply and to be uh, aligned with whatever other regulations uh, is something very important in the food business and that continues to be sort of a bit of a challenge uh, that we see across the board that you know people are running all those businesses flourishing and all of that but it's not the easiest for everybody to comply because india does have a lot of regulation that's there uh, it takes a lot of folks to be actually compliant on everything because things change as well and you need that information to keep pace with that change so i think that is also uh, something that we've uh, you know we faced through the time to get everybody to uh, comply with and therefore grow together while you were building your team what were some challenges that you faced what were some insights that you got you know when you're building a startup team it's very different from like how we used to work in the bank right when you're working in a large organization with 2000 people in it you can have people of varying levels of motivation and you can get away with it the bank will continue to run nothing's going to change in that whole thing but when you're running a startup where it's let's say 10 people 15 people or you know maximum 20 people one of the things you cannot compromise on is the passion with which people are there because in a startup it's not an eta job which is highly structured and you can just live within that sort of you know within those guardrails and everything is perfect it's not it's a lot of uh, you know sort of uh, a lot of things that you're juggling through um, it's a lot of situations where you need to define processes on the go um, it's a lot of situations where you realize that anybody who has to succeed in that environment has to be thinking or taking two steps ahead of what their typical role definition allows them to you know so that is something so i think the first and the biggest insight that we faced is that uh, if we realize that folks are passionate about the space and the the objective of the company everything else falls together falls in place the challenges start when people approach it like another job and honestly i haven't seen any successful startup across industry across categories or anywhere where you know they've succeeded on the back of folks who've not been as motivated and driven um, you know sort of as you'd want them to be now when you're thinking about it as founders founders by definition and by uh, by default have to be that motivated right otherwise why would you put yourself through running a startup in india and why would you try and you know sort of do what you do but it's you know sort of the insight of the 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 effort that we need to take as founders is to be able to translate that passion and that vision to everybody and what i've also learned is that the more um, you know personally at least i can say this is that the more we've communicated on that vision the more we've put that thought process out and be transparent about that uh, we've seen folks come forth uh, you know and take those additional steps and sort of taken ownership more than the average and that's really worked for us there are points of time when you know you get distracted as a founder and so on or you have some other things happening and you don't communicate as much and those are the difficult phases so um, it's easier to say perhaps because you know i'm reflecting in hindsight perhaps but um, i think that is uh, sort of the necessity is to have people with passion at the growth stage that you know that sort of we were in let's say um, and uh, sort of the the necessity is for the founders uh, to take charge of instilling that kind of passion in people because otherwise without 
an idea of why we're doing what we're doing it's very difficult for everybody else to feel as excited about it uh, you know as we would yeah i remember when i started econops was almost now 17 years ago and started as a startup you know working very hard got good teammates but where i failed was to communicate my vision of what we wanted to achieve in the world like i knew it i just didn't articulate it enough or i didn't reiterate it enough with the team so that's been one of my biggest learnings that any new thing i start now the first thing we start with why do we exist what are our core values and you know what is our vision what is our mission so now we will not even start any new venture without having this clarity and this clarity being communicated to all teammates right because once that clarity is there automatically your vibe will you know attract your tribe so now when we attract people they understand what is it that we're trying to do and they're passionate about it and if we don't see that same passion the guy on paper may be fantastic but if we don't get that same feeling ki hey this guy is going to be putting in his heart you know blood sweat and tears to achieve the same goal that we have we don't take them on board right so that culture fit is almost i think the most paramount thing we look at we don't even look at basic skills skills can be taught but that that passion that culture fit is absolutely critical so that's something that you know i've i made a mistake 17 years ago i don't repeat that anymore so so tell no, me I'm about this thing that you know in our case it's also in lot of cases you know we find that food is such an easy way to break that barrier of communication because we have folks who join us from all over the country like right? we had folks from guwahati coming in and we had folks from kerala and so on and then you get them to try foods from different parts it's an experience and an uh, sort of an education in itself and that's a motivation factor in itself saying that you know i have discovered something new which is so exciting what can i do to get this across to other people and make them interested so for us it's a very um, you know it's it's a sensory sort of experience that starts on day 1 itself so i think that leads me to the next part, uh, part which is what motivates you i kind of think i know the answer but i would love to hear from what motivates you? for us when we are so passionate about food and we really love food i think the the biggest motivation for us has been to see that happiness when we make somebody have something we delight them in that food that they have that happiness that we see you know is sort of it's the best motivation and we do a lot of these events and we've you know we go and stand in stalls and sort of you know have all these sampling events and all of that happening and that's where you know, because that's motivation for us it drives us it refuels us in a way because you just need to see somebody open a packet eat something that they're not used to okay it's not about saying that oh you know my mom made this and you made something similar we're not in that business we're about making you discover something that you have not tasted that's what we're about and when they open that and they taste it and they said you know this is so amazing and i've never had this why have i not had this i'm living in the same country people can pronounce italian food better than they can pronounce food in you know sort of our local food but that that is one big motivation uh, in the food space you know when you see people get happy about what they're uh, having that i think is the number one you know, motivation for us uh, beyond that of course there are other things that you know all of us as founders feel happy about you see your brand grow uh, you see people you know talk about you in the third person or you see you know sort of your your brand being mentioned in different circles i had somebody calling me from uh, coca cola you know sort of their office telling me that you know th- there was a conversation and this came out there and that happened um, one of our favorite stories is we were on a flight uh, you know sort of flying to europe to france i remember and the folks sitting alongside us which was you know really random just having a conversation with people on a flight and they sort of tell you about your brand and then you suddenly feel this really there was this mo- moment of pride so i think lot of those moments of pride do exist and they come in many shapes sizes and forms but ultimately 
it's you know it's just that customer happiness when somebody emails us and tells us that you know we made that day their mom was really happy with something that they tried uh, you know or they tasted something and they were happy it's just customer happiness that you know keeps you going otherwise in the food business what else is there you don't need to make yourself happy you make others happy right i think that's amazing so for any business to be successful they need to be very very good at marketing because you may have a fantastic product but if nobody knows about your product you're not going to grow as a company what has been your marketing hack or marketing secret or marketing strategy i don't say that we've been like the best at it or we've really cracked a certain code at it because you know sort of we've done you know the best we could with whatever we had and you know that's sort of been our journey but i think what's worked for us is the more we've kept it natural the more we've uh, you know sort of we've taken customers on a journey and that's really helped us uh, you know the point is that the more content we've been able to provide customers with the more information we've provided them uh, you know that's where we felt we've got the best returns on our marketing uh, sort of strategy so uh, the good thing about india and what we do is that between history facts entertainment you know humor all of these come together and you know sort of food can engage with all of these aspects and the customer feels engaged and that's what's helped on marketing sites so you know i think that's one big thing and beyond that uh, in the food space it's just you know if you have referrals happening for you if you have people talking about you that sort of propels it on its own so it's a combination between content uh, that we put out and contented customers and what they put out if i put it that way so what i have seen and when i came across a postcard and not not hearing it from you was other people telling me oh, i tried this little you know thing and hey like when you come home i have this you know thing i want you to try they didn't mention the brand but when i went home it was your product over there right it was i i was like wow it was fantastic to see you know that people are excited about food and i think food is such a natural thing for people to share right so like i know if i bring like a bibimka from goa like when i have guests over i'm going to take it around and share it to people i want to tell people like have you tried this so i think that natural instinct of people to share food and good food i think is going to be a literally your strongest marketing tactic is going to be just deliver amazing you know amazing product amazing that's why i love diwali right that's why i just love diwali because that's the one occasion where we all want to gift food items and if it's good food then you gift it and what happens is you have a customer and the person who bought it you have a customer who's going to come to you and the person who's been gifted like you said right and it just works in a in a sort of symbiotic way and it, uh, you know gifting is actually a hack of its own uh, if you really think about it that way so as an entrepreneur family life can be quite tough managing and especially as a startup entrepreneur have you faced any challenges with work life balance and how has you being an entrepreneur affected your personal life i think frankly as much as we think about work life balance and all of that um when you're in the early stages and in those growth stages of a company uh, you know as a startup or as a founder there's a very thin line and it just doesn't exist in my view um the only reality is that your family has to understand what you're going through um you have to co-opt them on the journey to some extent so that they understand you know why you have a certain mood on a certain day or why you know you need to get up and you need to come back at this time or go at that time or whatever it is right so i think that's been um, i think that was straight off straight off the bat that was a realization saying that you know it's not possible to say that okay 7 o'clock 7:30 i shut and i go it doesn't happen it just doesn't happen because your mind is there the phone of course is omnipresent that's not going anywhere so business and work travels along with you 
but it's just to accept that and to say that yes this is what this phase is about uh, you know sort of because we're two co-founders it's a lot better for us because you know each person can sort of take a differential load at different points of time depending on what's required so that has really helped us and worked for us i think the only other thing that i've seen i'm not the most fit person at all and ashwin knows that because he's met me in person so you know no 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 hiding that anybody who sees this will know that if they know me but i think what's helped is uh, it definitely has helped on the times you know whenever i've kept to a routine of doing something uh, sort of you know some sort of a workout or an exercise thing for myself that has really helped uh, sure reading and stuff like that also helps at different points of time uh, you know but it's a little challenging to get that stretch of time other than having a flight to delhi i suppose for me but um, um, but, uh, but a little bit of a workout routine and uh, you know to that extent is what we do i think one other thing that we've kept true to is uh, taking a sort of a dedicated break for few days uh, that travel always uh, helps to uh, it doesn't restore a balance per se but it just helps keep things go right with your folks and with everybody around saying that yes you know we have like a post diwali break uh, you know or a year end break kind of thing that you do so some of the small things i mean you have to give up on the ideal saying that i'm going to have this perfect ideal balance but can i sprinkle life with a little little bit of you know some sort of a uh, like a weekend break or a uh, sort of a workout here whatever you catch in between and uh, you know you sail along i think the whole uh, health piece right it took me a long long time like 15 years to figure out that health is actually more important than business and and somewhere actually correlated the two i'm like once again i'm not going to be healthy i can't work so maybe that made me going to push me to get more into workouts more into nutrition more into some things and i i think the pandemic helped too right so through the pandemic i did focus a lot more on uh, health and you know i've kind of lost a little weight gotten a little fitter and hopefully going to get more fitter as the time goes by and the mini vacations just that one two days right but that helps you recharge your batteries because see if you keep draining 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 that and you need to and if you need to give you need to have something to give right as they say you can't pour from an empty cup so you need to figure out what kind of helps you refill your own cup like for me it is i go for a morning jog like it's non negotiable like one hour every morning i'm out for a jog that helps me think it helps me i use that time to listen to audio books i use that time to think because many times through the day you know we sometimes don't control our day other people control our day right so that that alone time actually becomes a very good thinking time to you know strategize and you know things but having that i think is critical uh, tell me how do you handle uh, you know different kinds of uh, failures demotivation and make sure a lot of things have broken at some point of time how have you handled i think if you ask my co-founder he he he'll sort of tell you that yeah you know that's the moment when i'll come wailing or i'll come you know ranting about something that's happened so i think venting it out is step 1 you know having someone to talk it out to uh, is i think a critical thing and you know we take it for granted when we have it but when you don't have it you really know the value of it uh, so that is the first thing to be able to have someone that you can talk out stuff that's on your mind uh, you know that's that's one thing um i think the other thing is that you know again because they two of us it really helps because when one person is demotivated the other person takes it on itself to sort of you know to to look at the positive side of things right like it's a cliche term but it really does happen um but it and it, it requires somebody else to say it because it's not going to come from within when you're in a situation and you're feeling sort of down with it you're not going to think of the positive side frankly it doesn't happen 
but it requires somebody else to be able to say that. So the power of two really plays out for us in this case um, that you know we're able to balance that out for each other. But but situations do happen. Uh, you know, sort of you have a conversation. Uh, you're expecting sort of a certain outcome to happen, and that really doesn't come through. Um, you know, sort of uh, it's a natural outcome. It's going to happen. Uh, I I don't I don't think I claim to have a magic wand to be able to do it. Uh, but a lot of these things really help. I mean, you indulge a certain passion on that day. You distract yourself with something that you're happy about. Uh, you know, my favorite example is that. You know, on on a really bad day, everybody knows that you just need to give this guy a piece of chocolate cake, and it'll all work out. Uh, you know that that's sort of my uh, go-to in in a situation of that sort. But uh, you know, food really plays its own role again when you come back to food. But uh, but I think it, it's just about having someone that you can talk things through because in that own refle- when you reflect in that conversation, uh, you know you're able to solve most of the things in your own mind uh, or reconcile with them at least. Uh, in that process, I think that ability to overcome failures is absolutely critical. Because as an entrepreneur, you're going to fail. 120 percent, you're going to fail. There's never a chance that you're going to try something's going to work. You know, you you try 10 different things, all 10 are going to work. Like in my case, we try 10 different things. One or two will work. Others eight will fail. Right, but those one or two is actually what helps us, you know, succeed. So I'm glad that you have a very very nice mechanism and obviously chocolate cake to help you through those times. So uh, I would want to know what is a habit or a ritual that you have that helps you become more productive, helps you become more energetic, or anything that helps you become successful. I tend to write things down. I think that's a very simple thing, but it really you know, sort of helps. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of the notebooks sort, but notes also work. Chalega. But the point is to literally just you know sort of jot them down. Uh, because um, I think with the amount of things that are on our mind, it's very natural to be overloaded in that sense, and you forget. Um, and that's something that you want to fight against, uh, you know, if you really want to uh, sort of do things better. So writing things down, keeping notes, keeping tabs on it is something that helps. That's one. Uh, one thing as a team that we do is sort of we have a daily catch-up call, for example. Uh, that's something that's really helped at a team level, because you know what ends up happening in those calls is that. Everybody gets a sense of what everybody is doing. Everybody is able to plan their day in reflection in a conversation. Uh, so everybody is aligned every day. So I think that that morning first hour of work is critical. It sort of sets the tone for your day. You want to make an effort to start it on a positive note. Uh, you want to make an effort to organize yourself in that one hour because then you know at the end of the day that you know what have you done, what do you need to do, so on, and you know the next day where you're going to start off again. So it's. Uh, it's a bit of uh, you know organization that I think has is something that really helps us in a way. Uh, that I, that I, that's what I would say is critical. Uh, I was in US two weeks ago and I met with a CEO of a hundred million dollar and it was a fifteen twenty minute interaction and he was about to go on stage to give his keynote and we were discussing something and you know we've done work together for the last seven eight years and every year I meet him and uh, we discuss some points. He was on his phone and he was typing something out. So first I thought, oh, maybe he's sending out a message. So I kind of stopped talking. He's like, oh, why, why did you stop? I said, oh, you can finish your message. He's like, no, 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 I'm jotting down what you're saying. I said, really? Like, because since we were in a conference, he didn't really have something to write on or he didn't have a laptop or an iPad, right? So he was typing on the phone. Then he showed me the phone. He had two things that he had put. One was he had put my name, a date, learning, bold, left some space, to-dos. And he was jotting down everything he was learning from me. And then below, there were some to-dos that he had his team to do. He had written down the to-dos. 
end of my meeting, he took the learnings, copied it, put it on a Slack channel with all his leadership, his entire leadership team. To dos were sent to his EA to distribute to his team. That was fantastic. I was like, I was inspired after after a long time. I saw like a you know a CEO doing something this way, and I was blown away. I was like, and he didn't need to do any of it. He could have had somebody else take notes, right? But he himself did it, and I, I'm inspired. Now that's something I've started doing. Every time I meet somebody, I've not started typing learning and to dos. But what I've seen is when you meet people like this, when you meet, and by the way, he's one of my mentors, right? Uh, when you meet people this way, you learn so many new things that you possibly couldn't have done, or you may take years to figure out this, right? So that brings me to my next question, which is, what roles do mentors play in your life? Do you have any mentors, and if they have, if you have mentors, what role do they play in your life? So I think um, it, it, it's critical to have folks that you look up to, folks that you can sound off ideas with. Uh, folks who are sort of who feel invested in your success uh, for no reason, uh, you know, so they don't need to have a reason for it. Also, it need not even be that they're an investor per se, but they just need to feel somewhere that you know your concept or your idea or you as a person, uh, you know, sort of they're interested in that piece. So we definitely have uh, folks that we sort of uh, look up to. So one of those is Raven Party of uh, of Man Matters Mosaic Wellness. Uh, he's somebody who's you know that whom we really look up to. As, as as an example of somebody who's putting together a really massive company and a super successful startup, and he's still so grounded in all the you know sort of the nitty gritties of that work, and uh, you know sort of I try to reach out to him at different points of time, but we we I recently met him a couple of weeks back as well, um, and you know a lot of these things. So even the, the the point that you mentioned about just taking down notes is something that I'd actually picked from him when we met him initially as well. So uh, he's someone we look up to. The role that they play essentially is, you know, the way I look at them is that yes, there is a day-to-day that we grapple with, and sometimes you need sort of an alternate insight from somebody who's maybe you know maybe other founders. Um, there's you know we have we have very strong founder connections, and that's actually a really strong channel itself because you go through the same process, you have similar problems, so it's great to interact with them. So that's one. So one part is discussing your regular day-to-day challenges that are there. But somewhere, mentors who are at a different plane, they have an additional role because they can extract you from that situation and make you look at yourself and your situation from a higher plane. And that's when you reflect and say that you know, does this make sense? You know, am I doing this? And yes, I have to go through the nitty gritty. I have to you know solve my challenges. But what's the larger picture about? So I think mentors for us work at two planes. One is um, you know, as founders, other founders of other startups, a lot of them that we interact with. Uh, folks who have built really good, you know, sort of solid businesses. Folks who are struggling as through, you know, through the same challenges. They are equally good mentors to us. That's one. Uh, and then on the other hand of it, people who can make you think of the larger picture. These are two sort of, you know, people we we, we interact with. That is that is fantastic. So every time I have met somebody who is uh, on the pinnacle of success uh, in their field or done things that I possibly couldn't have thought of doing in that case, the time frame they did it in, I've always learned so much from them, and I always try to figure out, hey, how can this person, you know, help me? I have mentors who may who may spend 15 minutes in a year, or I have mentors who may spend two hours, you know, every two weeks. Right? But having that ecosystem around you gives you access to so many years or decades of learning within minutes and hours and you don't have to spend all that time make all those mistakes and as you correctly said sometimes you just need somebody to inspire you somebody to pull you out of one orbit and you know help you get into the next orbit without letting you know that you can get into the next orbit 
much faster by doing this rather than the way you're thinking instead of taking the stairs hey there's an elevator right there right? like somebody just points you in the right direction saying hey why don't you take the elevator instead of walking, walking up 63 flight of stairs there's an elevator right there just press the button and you can go up right so those insights have been invaluable right so i know there is some big news that's coming up is there something you'd like to tell me about what's happening with postcard and something that's going to be happening in the next few days weeks or months sure very happy to to sort of share it and uh, sort of sharing it with you is is equal happiness because you've seen the journey that we've gone through since 2015 you know so the, somewhere i look at you as somebody who's a passenger along this journey of you know what what it's been for sudarshan and me um we are happy to sort of share that you know postcard is now part of windgreen's world uh, we've been acquired by the windgreen's world uh, sort of collective windgreen's world for folks who don't know or may not know because uh, you know sort of uh, uh, sometimes people don't put it together but windgreen's world is a collective of brands such as Windgreens Farms itself uh, raw pressery uh, monsoon harvest sorcery and others where it's our collective ambition to sort of serve a new age indian customer which is sort of common to all of us somewhere with foods and beverages which are honestly better for them i think one thing that's conclusive about a post pandemic world is that everybody is seeking something that they define as better for them that's the aspiration that's very clearly there and that has created a space for brands uh, you know to sort of exist and to serve those customers and somewhere what's happening you know what we're doing together as windgreens world is essentially trying to use the synergies of everything that all these brands have built we're of course a very very tiny part of it and you know very small part of it in that sense and uh, you know sort of raw and windgreens are much larger brands and that's where it really works out uh, sort of the synergies work out for us because we are able to leverage off you know infrastructure knowledge uh, expertise talent that's there across this entire ecosystem to take postcard uh, to its next orbit in a sense right so that's something that's just happened and it's something that's really um, something that we're very happy about something that giving us you know when you think about what motivates you now this motivates us because this is giving us an opportunity to to literally uh sort of grow exponentially with you know without having commensurate sort of money being poured in or something like that it's giving us that you know sort of the elevator uh, in, in a sense so we're really looking forward to this phase um it's a it's a good time that is absolutely fantastic news congratulations to you sudarshan and the entire postcard team that's a that's a landmark event right there right that was absolutely fantastic and i'm so happy uh, and i'm i'm so happy because i know i've seen you guys start off you know literally like small little office and now you guys are growing and you're becoming a part of winning's world i think that's absolutely kickass right uh, my last question to you what advice would you give a person who wants to become a food entrepreneur oh, wow i honestly have never put myself you know sort of thinking that i'd be able to uh, sort of give give advice in in any form but wow um i think i think somewhere uh, you know it you know some of these things sound cliche but what i've seen over time is that there are folks who start off with a certain concept um and then you know sort of you have market forces you've got investor sentiment that's there you've got let's say news reports or you've got certain mentors who nudge you in a particular direction and you tend to mold yourself to answer or to become an answer for everybody else's aspirations somewhere along the way right uh, it happens it happens because yes as a startup you are going to look to raise uh, sort of you know funding from different people and they will all have a certain opinion uh, you know 
the right or wrong of it is not even the point but they will have an opinion for sure but i think somewhere when you try to do that or you end up doing that you kind of lose out on what your original motivation was and if that happens it's very difficult to sustain yourself forget about your team forget about investors or whatever else it is right it's very difficult to sustain yourself if you're going to sort of morph into something that you didn't set out to be so um somewhere i feel that you know you either stick to what you're thinking about or what motivates you or what your aspiration is because your success is along the way will come around that path um you know if not it's not going to be your story it's not going to be your brand it's not going to be your startup that you're believing in somewhere so i think it's just that much saying that you know say stay true to what your concept and all of that was that's not to say that you don't pivot it's not to say that you don't get motivated or you don't get inspired by what others are doing you definitely want to do all of that right but it still has to be your story it has to be something that you own and uh, because you have to sort of sleep with it get up with it live with it run with it so you know that's sort of my only uh, two cents and I, i really don't want to call it advice but that i just say call it you know something that i can reflect on with all the people that i've seen and conversations that i've had around me so yeah i think that's invaluable advice because as you grow and especially when you get investors and you know outside influences coming in you will be given so many different directions you'll be given so many different pushes you should only do those if you truly believe that that's what is best for your organization right so just because an investor doesn't mean that they're right just because you know your best friend is also running his own startup and he gives you some advice doesn't mean he's right take all the in- inputs that you get give it your own thought and then applying you know your flavor of whatever that advice is to your uh, company i think is one of the best things you've said so thank you so much for that insight ashish and thank you so much for coming on the show uh, this is so you know, i'm feeling so nice meeting you i mean we've been after so like maybe 2 3 years we haven't met because of the pandemic and i can't wait to again have breakfast and lunches in bangalore the next time there thank you so much for being soon whenever you next thank you thanks thanks for having me So guys that was Ashish from Postcard go check out his website right now just before the show I went and I bought a bunch of things and I'm waiting for my postcards to arrive and uh, it was a lip smacking experience even if you don't buy anything just go check it out it's it's a first class e-commerce experience that you can get and the amount of things you will discover on his website are absolutely phenomenal and I'm hoping you've taken something away from today's you know interaction um, ashish has been a serial entrepreneur he's done a couple of things so i hope you've learned something from this and i'm hoping you can use that learning to break some ceilings in the future i'll see you guys in the next one thanks